first business license for photography is dated January 1st, 2009. And with the purchase of that and my recent advertising expenses, we were more broke than ever. The word broke gets thrown around a lot, but my definition was solidified in 2009. Broke means you can't pay your mortgage, your bank accounts are overdrawn, you're pulling unemployment, you don't qualify for a credit card, and you're literally writing hot checks for groceries. That's broke, and we were flat broke. Stick around, and I'll tell you all about it. I'm Jacob Slayton, and this is my entire life. So it's January 2009, and like I said, we were dead broke, and I was working for my buddy John doing uh, light remodeling, painting, and like carpentry, building decks and stuff, and uh, I was drawing unemployment and, you know, just kind of balancing the two things. Like, I was only able to work for John like 30 hours a week and still get the full benefits of my unemployment plan, and so, you know, I just had to keep that balance intact. And in order to qualify for unemployment every week, I had to call into this number. The system is different now, but I had to call into this phone number and basically tell this guy that I had reached out to several people to try to get a job. And like, you basically just have to report back to this person and let them know, like, I really am trying to get a job. And like, you could be lying about it and making stuff up. There's really no way for them to know. But that was like the... uh you know, the security built in to where like people weren't supposed to be, you know, using the system, although obviously it gets, it gets abused anyway, but it was just so weird to like call in to this guy every week and be like, trust me, I'm trying to get a job. There's no jobs out there. You know, the economy sucks, blah, blah, blah. And they were cool about it. And then they would, um, the way that you would get unemployment back then was they actually sent you a debit card that was tied to an account that they control. And then every week they, uh, or maybe it was every two weeks, they would um, deposit, I think it was 600 bucks into the account, you know, and you can use that for uh, pretty much anything. Um, you weren't supposed to use it to buy like alcohol, but I, I feel like there wasn't really any preventative measures that would stop you from doing that. Um, and I'm sure I did that from time to time because you know, sometimes you got to have a beer. <laughs> but anyway, that was the situation. I'm working for John. I'm drawing unemployment. It's January. It's cold. And I'm also trying to, you know, build up this uh, photography business, which, you know, I was I, I was starting to do like, you know, these small family and kids sessions and things. I called it the quick shoot. And the way that I set it up was uh, my goal was to be like Walmart, meaning the cheapest guy in town. You know, I, I wanted since I wasn't really great at photography, I could at least be the cheapest guy in town. And so I, I set up this thing called the quick shoot and it was $80 for a 30 minute session where I would edit around 15 to 20 photos from that shoot. And normally people did that for, you know, families and kids photos and stuff like that. And that became really popular, but 80 bucks a pop is not gonna, um, not gonna get you very far in terms of, uh, you know, paying your bills and stuff. It, it was better than nothing. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's basically what I had going at the time, but I'm also advertising for wedding photography and trying to get those gigs because, you know, that's a bigger payday, you know, than, than just a bunch of these little quick shoots. And I loved shooting weddings. Um, you know, at the time I still shoot weddings, but, uh, back then it was 
I was having way more fun with it <laughs> for sure. And so one day I'm, I'm painting for John. I'm actually prepping the outside of this house for paint. It was in February and February in Arkansas can be pretty cold. And, uh, so I'm on the top of this 16 foot ladder and I'm, uh, I've got a rag in one hand, like a wet rag that was basically frozen in one hand. And the other hand, I've got this, um, sandpaper and I'm just sanding the uh, siding for this house to get it ready for paint, which is kind of a crappy job. I do not like sanding. I've always enjoyed painting, but the prep side of it really sucks. I don't like the sanding and all that mess. So I'm up there sanding. It's just cold and, you know, and freezing and everything. And I get a phone call and I answer the phone and it's this, um, this, uh, person looking for a wedding photographer, a, a bride, uh, that was getting married and she was looking for a wedding photographer. And it was just, it was just such a funny, like, when I think back at this time, like, this is the memory I have standing on top of the 16 foot ladder with the frozen rag in one hand, talking to this girl on the phone about shooting your wedding. And she was asking me like, you know, how often do you shoot weddings and what's your kind of experience level with that? And I just lied to her, to be honest with you. I just said like, oh yeah, I shoot weddings pretty much every weekend. I've been doing it for like two years full time. I'm a pro, blah, blah, blah. Just absolutely selling her on the deal. And, uh, you know, it was kind of funny, like, even though that wasn't true, I knew that I could do the job and do it really well because, uh, I had some skills as a photographer and, you know, there's nothing like, uh, needing to uh, buy groceries for your kid to make you learn a craft really quickly. And so I was figuring it out pretty quickly. And, uh, and I was just, I've always been just like wildly overconfident. And so Long story short, I sold her on the wedding and she got excited about it and everything. And I'm like, yes, that's a big payday. I think at the time I was charging like $2,800 for a wedding, which was a hell of a lot of money for me at the time. And, uh, and it was just incredible. I was just psyched about it. I'm excited about photography, but at the same time I'm broke. I'm on unemployment, you know, and my wife and kid are, my wife is literally no lie, writing hot checks at the grocery store knowingly. Like I know that my account is overdrawn and she writes a check for $200 for groceries or whatever. And, uh, you know, somehow keeps it together in the grocery store, even though inside she's like sobbing, you know, because that's embarrassing. It sucks. You know, all your friends are still working and we're just broke. And, you know, we had people helping us out with money and stuff. You know, my parents were paying our mortgage and stuff. And one day I got an envelope full of cash from a friend or several friends just kind of put this together for us. And a friend of mine just stuffed it in my pocket. And I said, what's that? And she was like, it's yours. And I uh, got home and there was like $1,500 in it, you know, and it's, it's that kind of stuff that was just keeping me alive, keeping me together. But also it was just like this mix of, you know, anxiety and vulnerability and, you know, fear and I don't know, uncertainty. And it was just, it was just a stressful, anxious time, you know, extremely stressful and anxious. And I was very close to like, I was so I was so close to just trying to get a real job just so I could feel like a man again. Uh, I was real close to walking into a McDonald's and just getting like a, you know, an application and like work my way up to be manager at McDonald's or something like that. You know, I just wanted anything. And in fact, I interviewed at Starbucks uh, entirely just because they offered full health coverage because we didn't have health insurance at the time. And uh, the Obamacare thing was not passed yet. And so for guys like me who are unemployed, um, you know, there's not a lot of options. And so I interviewed at Starbucks, they offered me $6 and 50 cents an hour. And I was just like, I did the math in my head real quick. I was like, 
that ain't gonna cut it not not even close um and so and I turned down that job and everything and it was just weird you know especially given the whole situation about unemployment and like needing to uh not work more than 30 hours because the, my unemployment benefit was not bad because my job you know my my paycheck for my job had been pretty good before and so my unemployment benefit was better than any job I could get so it was literally like the situation was like I make more money literally sitting at home than I would if I went out and and got a job you know especially the jobs that were available to me at the time which was basically Starbucks and uh and that was just a weird thing like as a man to like grapple with you know like it's the smart move here is to is to you know use the advantages that are you know offered to me and take the unemployment and you know use the extra time that I could to work on my photography skills you know and so that was kind of the situation you know and it was like that for a long time during that time I also sold my truck I had a I had a pickup truck that I was paying you know monthly payment for I sold that went back to driving my VW Bug that I drove in high school which was pretty cool I always loved driving that thing uh, that had been parked at my dad's house, you know, since, since high school. And, uh, you, we put the house on the market, but again, the economy was so bad. It wasn't, you know, we weren't getting any hits on the house. It was just, it was kind of hopeless, honestly. Um, and you know, also I still got the baby and she's like awesome. She's, she's getting to where she's sleeping well and stuff and not like crying all the time. And so that was really fun. Just, just watching my little baby kind of growing up and getting close to being a year old and stuff like that. And, and Micaiah was just rolling with the punches and to her credit, you know, she, she kept it together and it was, you know, sometimes, sometimes we would just cry together. Um, but, uh, but we, we got through it, you know, we, we got through it together, but it was a tough, tough time. Meanwhile, like in the springtime, you know, April, uh, May rolls around, money's leveling out a bit, you know, I'm starting, the, the photography stuff is kind of picking up and, you know, I was, I was able to, uh, really supplement my income, you know, with the photography thing to make things level out a little bit. Um, we got back to paying our bills, like mostly on time. My parents are still helping me pay for, um, our mortgage and everything so that we wouldn't like get foreclosed on and the money situation just got so ridiculous like with people giving us money and helping us out i just quit looking at my bank account because it was just like stressful as hell um just to sometimes i'd look at it and it'd be eight hundred dollars on the hole and sometimes i'd look at it and i'd be fifteen hundred dollars up and it was just it was just such a roller coaster i just couldn't you know i just couldn't deal with it honestly and so every day i was just like waking up and like saying the same prayer every day um, my, you know, your prayer life is never better than when you're broke and you're in the hole and you're anxious as hell. And, and so I was, I was praying like a madman, you know, because it was really all I could do. And, uh, you know, my prayer was, God, I just need some money. You know, like I got you, I got a family, I got love. I just need some money, you know? And, and that's what it became. And then I started to think like, wait a minute, I've got it backwards you know, what I actually need is more God in my life and the money will work itself out. And so I started to pray like the backwards prayer where I would say, God, I don't need any more money. I just need you to be close to me all the time so that I can get through this madness because money only solves some of your problems. When you're broke, it solves a lot of your problems. Um, and, and you know, the, the connection that I felt with God during that time felt so much stronger than any paycheck, you know, could have. And, and it was just, it was just like, so 
it was everything to me, you know, at the time, you know, but I would still just wake up and pray this anxious prayer. I just, if you've ever dealt with anxiety, oh, it, it's rough. It's rough. And sadly, this was not the last time I had to deal with it. Um, but I would just wake up and pray these prayers every day. And I remember one day, you know, I went out and, uh, it was one of these days where like a lot of bills were due, um, over $2,000 of bills were due and they were actually way behind. And, you know, I was going 30 days late on stuff and my credit was going really bad. And I needed like a little over $2,000 to, to just catch up just to get back to zero really. And I remember going out into the mailbox and, uh, and, and I, I pulled out a, an envelope and there was a check in there for something like almost exactly what we needed. It was just a little over exactly what we needed. And I don't remember what the check was for. It was something that made sense, but it was like also unexpected at the time. Um, and I remember just like dropping to my knees on the, on the porch, just in the middle of the day and just, just sobbing, just like weeping and just like thanking God for blessing us with this money in this time that we needed it so bad. And I remember like clear as day, it was one of those, like one of those few times in my life where I felt like God spoke to me like audibly, not really audibly, but it was just very clear. And I remember God saying to me, Hey, what are you so surprised about? This is what I do. You know? And it was just like, Oh man, you know, it's just what a heavy, heavy thing to, to have in your brain, you know? And, and that's just kind of the system, it seemed like, you know, God was meeting our needs and we were able to kind of figure it out, you know, and, and, and things were just, I don't know, making sense when they didn't even really make sense. And by the time summer rolled around, I was just so baffled by what was happening and how we were somehow taken care of that I had finally just accepted the irrefutable truth that like all things do work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You know, that's a verse from, I think, Romans. And I was just in my head and it was like, you know, I don't even know if the rest of the verse even matters. The The point that mattered to me was all things work together for good. You know, if the story is not good, it's not over. And, you know, I don't know, is that true? Maybe not, maybe so, but that's what it felt like to me at the time. And sometimes I don't think it's true. And then sometimes I'm reminded that it's true. And that's just what was in my head at the time. And it was just a heavy, very like spiritual moment. And I remember a friend of mine, uh, Julia, sent me a uh, video at the time from uh, uh, Shane Bernard, uh, Shane and Shane. And it was this uh, song called Though You Slay Me. And the words say, though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Though you ruin me, still I will worship. Though you take from me, still I will call out to you. And and it was just like, yeah, it's like, it's like a verses from Job. And there's this whole John Piper thing in the middle. That's just mind blowing. And it was just like, oh yes. Like God is still good. Even though things suck sometimes, you know, that was, that was where my heart was, you know? And because of that, you know, around that time, around midsummer, everything kind of just became like rose colored, you know, it just kind of, I don't know, maybe the fog lifted or whatever you want to call it. But I was just, I just had this truth of like, I'm going to be all right. This is going to be okay. You know, just like the Grateful Dead song, I will get by, we will survive. You know, that was in my brain, you know, and it has stayed there uh, ever since really. And somewhere around that time, uh, one day, uh, it was in the middle of summer, the hot summer, and uh, I go to jump in the bug, uh, this old 74 VW bug that I had driven in high school, I loved it, baby blue bug. And uh, I jump in the bug to go somewhere and, 
you know, with old cars like this, sometimes you got to really baby it to get it started, you know, for the first time that day. And so, you know, you crank it up and you kind of feather the gas a little bit and kind of rev it up and everything. And a lot of times I would, you know, put it into gear and pull forward and then it would die and I'd have to rev it up again. And to this day, that same kind of thing happened. I, I fired it up and kind of revved it a little bit. And then I pulled forward, um, about maybe 25, 30 feet. And then it choked out and died again. And I was revving it again and trying to start it, but it felt different this time getting it started back up and something felt odd. And, you know, in the bug, the engine's in the back. And I remember looking up in the rear view mirror and through the back windshield, I could see that, um, there was just black smoke rising out of the engine compartment. And, you know, I jump out of the car and like throw the uh, engine compartment open. And when I throw it open, there's just like six, eight feet of flames just bursting out of it. I mean, it was on fire. I'm not talking about there was a small fire in there. I'm talking about the whole engine compartment was engulfed with flames. The whole engine itself was engulfed with flames. And there was just black smoke just billowing out. And so I freak out and I like run back to the house and, uh, and I run down to the side of my house and I've got this, you know, five gallon bucket from Home Depot and I turn on the water hose and start filling up the bucket with water. And you can't believe how long it takes to fill up a five gallon bucket with water when your car is on fire. You know, it's just like, like slowly dribbling out and I'm like, come on, like my car is literally burning. And so I get about half a bucket of water and, uh, and I'm running back up to the car. And right about that time, this energy truck pulls around the corner, sees it, jump, this guy jumps out and he's got a fire extinguisher and he blows out the flames, you know, with the fire extinguisher before I could even get to it. And, uh, it was just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Like, it was just so bizarre. Just th this is the kind of stuff that was happening, you know? And I just stood in the road and I dropped the buck and I'm just like sweating and just like heaving with life, you know, and just like, ah, you know, and it just watching this old dinosaur car just like smolder and sizzle in front of me, you know, in, in the hot sun and like, just, just picture that for a second, you know? And, and actually, you know, at that moment, I, I remember watching, like I, I thought back to uh, when I saw that giraffe, uh, the day that Makai and I got engaged, you know, just uh, a few years before when I went up to that petting zoo and we saw that giraffe running in slow motion. And it was just like, life is so freaking weird and crazy and amazing sometimes, you know. And I just stood up and a, a big smile just came across my face and I was just like, hell yeah, like this is stories, you know. These things are so real and raw and amazing and hard, but like, it's still good, you know. And, uh, it's just crazy. Uh, and, and after that, I inherited another like temporary car from my in-laws, uh, this old uh, Explorer Sport um, from uh, Makai's parents. And I drove that for a while. It was just like things work out, you know. And I don't know if you're listening to this and that's not the way it feels for you. If, if it doesn't feel like things work out for you, I'm so sorry. Like I, I, I want that for you so bad. And I, and I hope and pray that things do begin to work out for you because I do believe that God is good and will take care of people. Um, sometimes it doesn't really feel like that, though. And, uh, you know, this is just my story. And uh, it doesn't mean I'm special. 
uh, it just is my story, you know? So meanwhile, you know, the summer rolls on, we kind of roll into fall and my photography business was actually picking up pretty good. I was getting weddings. Once you get started shooting weddings, you know, you'll often get like the bridesmaids from one wedding will hire you for their wedding, you know, the next year or whatever. And so I was starting to book stuff out for, you know, the next year and stuff. And that very first year in photography, I stood to make about $20,000 and in photography alone. And that's pre-tax. Um, but you know, I was like, hell yeah, that's real money. You know, that's 20 grand. Um, and, and I was still, uh, you know, working for John a little bit and I was actually able to stop pulling unemployment because I, I started, you know, my photography business was supplementing my income enough to, to get off the unemployment, but I'm still working for John and stuff like that, painting houses, building decks. And again, that was a fun job, but you know, photography's working out. And in the fall of that year, we actually refinanced our house just to skip two mortgage payments. Uh, we had absolutely no equity in the house. We got like a barely better percentage rate, but I realized like if I refinance, I can actually skip two payments, you know, because the way you schedule the closing and everything, you, you end up skipping two. So I was like, hell yeah, that, that buys me a little extra money that I didn't have. And uh, that was the kind of like creative stuff we were just, uh, you know, trying to come up with. And it worked out. And really things around that time just started to get pretty funny, actually. Um, I, I remember um, our anniversary that year in November. We, we We were so dead broke. We literally just had like, a can of chicken noodle soup in the in the pantry like to eat and so that's what we ate for our anniversary dinner we just shared a can of Campbell's chicken noodle soup and just laughed about it I actually have this pretty funny video of us just like laughing over this soup and how broke and stupid it all was uh we were sitting there just eating it and laughing and I and I remember I just opened up my computer and turned on the little camera and started filming it and Anyway, it was just so bizarre and weird. Um, and, you know, there was a general feeling of like just at that point in time, it was just laughing. You know, every time something difficult happened, it was just like, whatever, this is going to get sorted out. You know, this will get sorted out. We don't know how, but it will. And what's the point in worrying over it, you know? And then also in November of that year, I got a pretty interesting call from my old boss um, in construction. He had actually left the company before uh, the rest of the company let me go. And he was kind of going out and doing his own thing. And he was saying that like his company's kind of getting going pretty good. And uh, he said uh, he was starting to, you know, starting to hire people. And he said, I'm the first person he called. He said he wanted me to come and work for him. And it was like some kind of a, it was a construction company that, that dealt with like green energy and sort of uh, renewable resources and, and, and green building and stuff like that. And he called me and he said, like, I want to hire you. And man, that made me really take a step back and just go like, oh boy, like, okay, my photography business is working. Like it's a proven working thing. I, I made almost 20 grand this year after taxes. Uh... And like, I can see a lot of potential for it, you know, in the future. What do I do? And so I told the guy like, wow, this is amazing. I'm like flatter. This is so awesome. Like, let me, uh, let me talk to my wife about it and get back to you. And, uh, you know, it was just such a strange thing. It was like, so I had this conversation with Makai, like, okay, do I take this job or do I keep on trying with the photography thing? Cause I was loving it. And again, like we were so kind of laughing at the whole situation that it was like, I don't know what to do, you know, who the hell knows. And, and, and one of the things I thought was like, look, I can take this job and he can still let me go anytime, you know, and then I'm back in this situation again. What I really want to do is build a company that I can't get fired from, you know, I don't want to lose my job again, you know? And, uh, and so 
I, I called him back the next day and I turned it down. <laughs> you know, it was like a good job in the middle of an economic depression. And I was like, you know, thanks, but no thanks, man. I'm going to keep trying this thing on my own, you know? And it was just like, so insane. Like probably not a good choice at the time, but in hindsight, like, thank God that's what we ended up doing. And things kept getting more ridiculous. Later on that month, we found out that Micaiah was pregnant again. And it was just like, oh my God, what are we going to do now? Like, why are we doing this to ourselves? But, you know, that was the situation, you know? And so by the end of the year, like the very first part of December, I was shooting a lot. You know, December is a good time for weddings and booking stuff. And I'm still working in for John, like I said, but he was running out of work for me. You know, business was really slowing down for him too. And we were kind of starting to really worry about making it through the slow winter months you know, without John keeping me real busy and without the unemployment and, and, uh, you know, with just the photography income, which was good, but it wasn't, you know, amazing. And, uh, then I got another amazing and interesting phone call from a friend that I went to construction school with. His name was Blake. He called me up and he said, Hey man, um, I'm remodeling my house, but I don't have time to deal with it. Would you be interested in, uh, managing the remodeling of my house for me? Um, and I'll pay you. And I said, Oh man, that sounds amazing. And I literally, I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll make 2,500 bucks or something. Blake says, I'll pay you $10,000 to manage my house remodel for me. And I said, hell yeah, man, that's a deal. Sign me up. And we broke ground on that job just before Christmas in 2009. And then the year was over. And next year, next time, 2010, We'll go through all of the rest of the madness, having another kid, shooting for the New York Times, and landing the biggest photography payday of my life. Oh, thank God for 2010, for rebirth, for hope, for goodness, and for life. We are going to make it. Dad knows the way home. Stick around for that next week. We'll talk about it then. Thanks for listening. Peace out.